Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. My sincere thanks to listeners and those who have liked, subscribed, and commented. Your interest is noticed and deeply appreciated. Today's topic is seminars. Not just Aikido seminars, but martial arts seminars in general. Seminars have their good points, but why is it that most martial artists tend to put up with them more than they find them productive? There's quite a bit to why seminars are the way that they are, so I'm going to tear into it today. The title I chose is provocative, and that's on purpose. The reason is that a great many martial artists, myself included, are disillusioned about the benefit of seminars overall. They have some great things to offer, but in the end their declining attendance and popularity is testament that they don't provide a good value for the time and money. I'm not saying that all seminars are worthless, far from it. I've been to a number of outstanding seminars where I've gained invaluable insights which I've integrated into my own training. Unfortunately, for every seminar I would count as time and money well spent, I've been to several which were a complete waste of time, effort, and money. It took quite a bit of analysis and thought to figure out why. If we can address these issues, then seminars can be altered and improved to become more useful and productive. The first thought which came to me was something a senior instructor described to me years ago. That is, when he first started training, every seminar gave him many new concepts to take home. As he got to be more experienced, he found fewer and fewer concepts that he had not been exposed to before. The farther along he got in his development, the more he was bored merely seeing the same things over and over again. This makes sense, and I think a lot of advanced practitioners have felt the same thing. The observation is valid, for sure, but as I thought about it more, I realized there is more to it. Enough that you cannot merely say that it's the practitioner's ego that is the sole problem. That might be a problem, as ego issues are common among martial artists, but there are additional factors which have nothing to do with the students themselves. I needed to figure this out if I could discover why one instructor put on a great seminar and another taught one which was poor. I also had to define in tangible terms what constituted a great seminar. We all have our own opinions, but I think we all agree that there are good seminars and disappointing ones. Every once in a blue moon you get a great seminar, but they are few and far between. The core principle i found is that great seminars are where the instructor is able to connect with the students and provide them with valuable insights which makes their performance better. Specifically, seminars were great for me when I came away with something that made my skills better, even if it was only an idea that I had to practice for a period of time after the seminar. These were the seminars that I was most excited about. Providing this experience to a full range of students from beginners to extremely advanced practitioners all in a few hours is an extreme challenge to any instructor. It takes more than technical proficiency in the art to do this. It takes an extremely high level of teaching skill. These are two separate skill sets entirely. It's one thing to be a good practitioner, and it's another thing to make your students good practitioners. Probably the biggest challenge of delivering a great seminar is the fact that you have very limited time with the students. As a teacher myself, I've experienced the notable difference between being able to craft a student's development from class to class over time and having only a few hours with a student once. When it comes to cultivating skills in a student, there is no comparison to these two approaches. A few hours or a weekend just isn't enough to cultivate deep understanding. The best you can do in a single session is provide a couple of points which a student will resonate with and absorb. Learning martial arts is a marathon, not a sprint. A seminar, even if it is intensive with many sessions in one day, or even spread out over a few days, is just too limited to provide more than a few morsels of knowledge for students. They can still gain valuable insights, but for students to make real gains, 
the things they learn must be taken back into their regular practice and integrated. Without that crucial integration factor, the seminar is really nothing more than entertainment. Two major obstacles with intensive training are the limited amount of new information a mind can absorb in a short time and the physical exhaustion factor. Quite simply, a seminar is like cramming for a test the day before you're going to take it. Anyone who's done this knows that it's far better to learn in smaller chunks over time than trying to study in one or two intensive sessions. This is just how human beings work, and there's no way around it. Learning new concept is not as effective when your body and mind are exhausted. Very few athletes can be physically active with vigorous activity for six hours or more in a row. This is a challenge for even amateur athletes who train several times per week. I've noticed many seminars which train techniques and drills which are physically demanding experience an early burnout as students' bodies hit the wall of exhaustion. Ukemi starts suffering, which can lead to injury, and techniques start to get sloppy. Obviously, this is not a good state to be in when trying to learn new things. The result is that the material an instructor can teach is fairly limited. If they choose techniques which are physically rigorous to practice, the rest of the day must work on very low energy techniques. Even lower energy practice can be tiresome after four to six hours. Saving the rigorous practice for later in the day is a big mistake. Likewise, for seminars spread through the weekend, the same things apply. I've seen the rigorous stuff taught on Friday night, then Saturday attendance drops off as students are sore and bruised for Saturday. I've also seen the opposite approach, where Friday night and Saturday sessions are lower energy and the more rigorous stuff is safe for Sunday. By Sunday, two days of extended training have taken their toll and few people show up at all on Sundays. There doesn't appear to be a decent way to include any significant portion of rigorous training in a seminar. That type of training is best done in a single class. The rigorous training is kept to a reasonable portion with suitable rest to recover from the exhaustion. Trainers and doctors have discovered in the last few decades just how important adequate rest is to both the body and the mind. Something I've noticed about almost all seminars is the pressure put on people to attend. This pressure comes in two forms. The pressure that you will not test or be promoted unless you attend the seminar, and the pressure to support your dojo by your attendance. Neither of these is entirely without merit. First, the testing and promotion element. Many organizations require a senior instructor to oversee all testing, even Q ranks or below black belt ranks. This means that if you don't attend the seminar, you pass up your opportunity to get tested and promoted. The rank is the lure that urges people to attend seminars. Some will admit this, even if discreetly, but many are not comfortable saying it openly. I find that people feel it nonetheless, and there is stress when a student has to try to fit in attending a seminar on their anniversary or a weekend when their child is competing in a sports event, they have to work, or other normal life activity. They want to get promoted, and they find themselves caught between that goal and maintaining their family or work activities. Should people be put under this kind of stress or not get promoted? In my opinion, no. Granted, not all organizations do this. The one that I was in allowed those of us who ran our own dojos to do the Q-testing ourselves. This really helped in relieving that pressure and keep the testing time limited to black belt testing at seminars. The second type of pressure is the pressure to support the dojo by attending the seminar. The phrase, support your dojo, sounds good and it does convey a warm sentiment. Students should support their dojos as best they can, of course. That is being a good student. To give you a glimpse behind the curtain, though, supporting a dojo largely comes down to making sure your seminar raises enough money 
to pay for the expenses of the visiting instructor. This often includes airfare, lodging, food, drink, and the instructor's fee. Sometimes it also includes that of the instructor's spouse as well. Top-ranked shihans can have fees in the ballpark of two dollars to $3,000. The word shihan means teacher of teachers, and I use this term to indicate a senior instructor. Depending on where they are coming from and how picky they are about hotels, that means the cost to put on a seminar can run $5,000 easily. If you charge $100 per person to attend, you need 50 people attending before you just break even. You fall short of the revenue, and the owner of the dojo will likely have to make up any loss out of his or her own pocket. Ouch. I'd venture to say a majority of dojos don't even have 50 students, much less space for 50 people to practice. If you add the price of renting a larger space and the mats to cover the floor, the total cost of the seminar goes even higher. This represents a tremendous financial risk. This means the dojo owner is very desperate to get as many people to attend as possible. The financial terms of the arrangement of a seminar are varied, but I'm sure with each one there is a significant financial outlay that's required, and this has to be covered by somebody. Now on to the seminar experience itself. The thing I noticed as a challenge is how do you take a room full of people who have vastly different experience levels and give each of them material suitable for their ability level? If you give advanced material for experienced students, it may be incomprehensible to newer students. If you show simpler stuff, which is suitable for newer students, advanced students will get bored. One approach that I've heard about was to separate into groups based on skill level. The Shihan would pick advanced students to oversee junior students and assign them simpler material to work on. The Shihan himself would oversee the advanced students in the more intricate material that they were ready for. This seems like a reasonable approach, but I've not seen it work firsthand. When I've seen this approach in regular classes, back when I studied karate, the atmosphere just didn't feel very good. The newer students always felt that they weren't good enough to warrant the main instructor's attention. I would be concerned about this. This approach would be better than having a large group of people being led by one person, which I have experienced a lot. It tends to be a clumsy approach. The best I've seen, and something I do with my own classes, is show a particular technique and then go to more advanced students and give them more detail that they can be working on. This means I'm not flooding newer students with too much and still giving more experienced students things that they can be working on. The larger the group, the harder this is to do, and seminars can get pretty large. A different approach I tried and was quite happy with the results was a more diversified format. Instead of one instructor, I had several. I broke up the students into smaller groups and assigned an instructor to each one. The reasoning here is that smaller groups are far better to learn in you get a more personal experience and more attention from the instructor. After a period of time, I would rotate instructors among the smaller groups. I was happy with this format, but it would require a group of instructors for it to work. It would not work with a single instructor and a large number of students. There is just no substitute for the quality of learning in a small group. It is my observation that many Shihan and senior instructors who travel to do seminars seem to have fallen into a pattern of doing it as their job. There's nothing wrong with making a living doing that, but the problem is that they appear to have gotten bored with it and lack passion for teaching. Many don't seem to care much about connecting to the students there and providing a high-quality experience. A perfect example of this is a seminar, or rather a sequence of seminars, that I attended with a famous Shihan. I won't give the name, but he is an extremely capable Aikidoka with a high level of technical ability. Quite impressive what he can do. 
The first seminar of his I attended, I came away with some great stuff that is unique to him and I found success with. I mean, it was really, really great. The second seminar that he hosted wasn't as good and it was pretty forgettable. The third seminar was memorable, but only because of how disappointing it was. It started out with 45 minutes of basic warm-ups. We then went through a basic cross-hand grab ikkyo and repped that for more than a half an hour. He showed a few technical points to play with, but nothing different than any decent Aikido instructor doesn't show. There were two or three more techniques just like these, very simple with nothing notable, followed by 30 to 40 minutes of repetitions. The whole thing kind of felt like a Friday afternoon at work where you don't want to get any work done, you just want to chew up the clock so that you can go home at 5. I've experienced all kinds of instructors, including some who are passionate about the art and are eager about helping students learn. I've also seen many instructors who are bored, and while their body is on the mat, they are not present or engaged in teaching. This is a shame when it happens, but if you look, you can spot it pretty quickly. Any class experience with an instructor like this is extremely disappointing, especially when you have high hopes of getting good material from a talented martial artist, and you walk away with nothing that you're excited about. Another aspect I find very disappointing is shihans who teach the exact same material at every one of their seminars. There is a very famous U.S. shihan who I am told has been teaching the exact same seminar for over 15 years. After attending two of his seminars, I found that there was no reason to attend any more, especially considering the expense of traveling to them. I spent hundreds of dollars to repeat the exact same experience and I got nothing more out of the second seminar than I did the first. There are also shihan out there who, quite frankly, are not proficient martial artists. Maybe they were at one time, but are not anymore. This is understandable and even forgivable, particularly with martial artists who are in their sunset years. It's not reasonable to expect someone in their 60s or older to be as potent or powerful as they were when they were in their 20s and 30s. I certainly respect them for their experience. I do expect them to have the teaching experience to bring out the best in the people that they teach. Unfortunately, this is often not the case. While I understand the challenge of teaching a large group, it's still their responsibility to provide that valuable experience to the student. To be blunt, instructors often do a poor job of it. I've gotten to the point after having been burned by enough seminars that I will not attend one unless I can either review the type of material the instructor teaches and get a handle on their teaching style, or get a sterling recommendation from someone I trust that the experience will be good. There are good instructors out there, but in my experience, they are in the minority. The other factor is that my own interest in Aikido is in the practical martial art application side. A majority of Shihan out there are teaching the choreography aspects only, which is not as interesting to me. This includes Shihan that I know were the real deal at one point in time. They were serious martial artists whose Aikido was potent and self-defense capable. Yet now it appears they have eased into a comfort zone of teaching theory only with very little value to practical martial arts. I say these things only as my observations in general, not an insult to any particular shihan or instructor. It's the behavior I'm attempting to address, not the person. The best way to address this is to realize that we as a community need to do better. As students, we need to demand more. Shihans are often coddled and worshipped for any little morsel they toss their students. Enjoying adoration isn't the shihan's fault. If students are thrilled to be shown something worthless and clap and coo over it, it is human nature to provide more of what they are enjoying. The problem is that is what the pattern becomes. If we express strong interest in good teaching and have the courage to provide honest feedback about a lackluster experience, 
then the instructors can tune their teaching to suit the interests of the students. Unfortunately, the keister kissing that goes along with pursuing rank discourages such honest feedback. I think this is a serious problem when it comes to shihans being able to honestly evaluate their teaching abilities. Without good feedback, they will miss the mark. In the end, I think seminars are in the process of dying out. Dojos are experiencing an overall decline in numbers, and there are fewer and fewer dojos who can afford to host senior instructors due to the costs involved. The financial risk is getting bigger, which is a serious obstacle. Not only are there fewer dojos who can afford them, the famous shihans are getting older and retiring. These are notable names who are famous enough to draw students to come. The next generation of instructors that are coming up underneath them are not nearly as famous and do not draw the same interest. The thing that will keep the seminar around is requiring a shihan to administer testing, but I think even that will change in time. Not because of any enlightenment, but the fact that the shrinking student bases of dojos will make covering shihan's costs and fees more difficult. Testing is an aspect of how an organization is structured and operates. I'm going to cover the topic of organizations in an upcoming podcast. Stay tuned for that one. In the end, you go to a seminar and spend a day or a weekend training. At best, you come away with a few concepts which you find useful. If the seminar is close to you, you spend anywhere between $60 and $200 for those few concepts. That means that each concept you get will cost you in the area of somewhere between $30 and $100. If you add travel to that, the costs will go up dramatically. When it comes to testing, many tests have fees associated with them. You can add the cost of the seminars to those testing fees. Is the color belt you wear or rank assignment worth that cost? It may be, but those don't have much to do with your skills or abilities. It is easy to get distracted from your own skills in the pursuit in the prestige of rank. I have mentioned my thoughts about rank and testing in a previous podcast. We will see how seminars evolve in the future and whether they stick around at all. They probably will, but I think we can do a lot better with the quality of the experience. There do appear to be significant limits in how productive they can be, though. What do you think about seminars? Please share your ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube, or go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall Side and post a comment. The Spirit Aikido online program is now live. Subscribers get access to video training and mentoring to techniques and training methods I've adopted from other martial arts to make my Aikido more practical. There's a link in the description section. I invite you to check it out. I always enjoy hearing from listeners of the show, whether through comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.